Podcast One production. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. And in this episode of Health Hacker, it's a hacking the hackers, where instead of a topic, we're speaking to a person, someone who's usually an expert in health and fitness or just super fit themselves. And in this episode, we've got someone who's both. His name is Daruk, and he's going to tell us all about sensory training. Now, remember, if you want us to hack into someone who you think is super interesting, email Adam, healthhacker at themanshake.com.au, or jump to his Manshake socials, or themanshake.com.au, and get in touch. Now, Daruk, he's trained firefighters, Navy SEALs, and even the god of thunder, Chris Hemsworth. And while training the body is important, he's very fit, we're going to talk on that soon, he believes that unique sensory training techniques help you have a stronger mind in everyday life. And on top of that, he's also partnered with the gaming headset brand Turtle Beach to highlight the importance of sound and bring his unique sensory training techniques to Australia. So excited to talk to you about this. Daryl, welcome. Tell us about sensory training and what it means. You know, it's interesting, man. Sensory training was something that that I was fascinated with um, initially when I used to work with a lot of the first responders. You'd see guys that are extremely fit, extremely strong, and you would see them go out um, on a call or you'd see even a law enforcement, they'd go out on a call uh, and they just couldn't perform. You know, they were exhausted. They, they weren't performing. They weren't executing the skills that they've been taught and they trained to, to utilize. And I was just like fascinated, like what was going on? And Started to understand it, and you know, again, my background is in kinesiology and biomechanics, so um, my curriculum is all based on sequencing and movements. Um, but sensory processing was something that I was fascinated with, and how that affects the adrenal system and your nervous system. So, I guess the best way to ex- kind of explain it is, um, you know, strength conditioning is kind of the third chapter in the mix, right, of our physical physical um, fitness, et cetera, what we use. And, and the first thing is sensory processing, and sensory processing is how we kind of process all the information in our environment. So we have our five primary senses, and then we have our near and far senses, which is proprioception and vestibul- the vestibular system. So it's how our body regulates and figures out what's going on. From that, once we process that information, then we go into motor planning and we execute on the skills that we we're taught. We kind of plan out how we're going to move based on what our body's assessing in our environment. And then and only then, once we get to the point of motor planning and, and organizing our nervous system is how we then use our strength conditioning to execute those skills, right? So for me, I was just fascinated on trying to do that and focus on more on how to process sensory information more efficiently and effectively so that we can, you know, move to the next stage of motor planning and then the next stage of executing, use our strength conditioning to do it on the highest level possible. So I think understanding a little bit more about how your body processes things, like with I was working with Turtle Beach with sound, auditory processing, visual processing, uh, et cetera, really puts you in a different position and understanding how to create curriculum that's going to be useful and effective, uh, specifically for those first responders that we're discussing. So a lot of people go in the gym and they just want to uh, hit the heavy weights and whatnot, but it's not really what we call functional fitness. So what's your definition of functional? Yeah, you know, it's it's, inter- it's that's a great question, man. And interesting enough, I mean, like functional training, I think it first came out, people saw like tire flipping and battle ropes and and those are all great modalities, and I'm a proponent of all movement. I think all movement's great um, in every capacity, but you know, really understanding, you know, functional training is how you operate well in your environment, right? So when you're in the gym, you're doing a deadlift. The weight is extremely balanced. You know, the weight on the left exactly the weight on the right. The bar is exactly the same height, just so that you can focus on the movement at, ta- at hand, whether a deadlift or a clean or a snatch or anything. Everything is very balanced. So when you get, but in life, that's not really the case, right? We go out, it's not, if you're lifting a bag or lifting a box, there's always different, you have to move in different different angles, you have to pull from different angles, the weight distribution's different. 
So there's all these variables. And if your body's not accustomed to adjusting to those those differentials, then you're not going to be able to lift that box as effectively as you can. So the goal for me is to try to, you know, with sequencing, the best way to explain is if I told you the alphabet A to Z, you could say it. But if I told you to say it backwards, every third letter, every fifth letter, it'd be challenging. You'd get it, but it takes some time because your body figures out the coding, right, the sequence of how that works. The same thing with movement patterns. So the more we move, with my focus was in sequencing, is the more that we get the body used to moving in different movement patterns, the better, more effective you are at adjusting to things we're not accustomed to, right? Or something that is not planned. Um, and that's kind of what happens with firefighters or police officers or military personnel. Is you go in a situation, you don't know what the gunfire is going to be like. You don't know what the suspect's going to do. You don't know what the person you're trying to save is going to be like. The fire, the, the structural fire or wildland fire. So there's all these variables that go in there. So the better attuned that you are with your sensory processing, the better that you can manage your adrenal system, which is going to, you know, it's going to directly affect how you organize your nervous system. And then again, your performance will be at a higher level. That's cool, isn't it? So rather than just trying to get fit, you want to get life fit. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, because I mean, at the other day, brother, I mean, you, I, I think all of us, a lot of us are former athletes and we've done different things, but at the same time, most people don't really care about being a Navy SEAL or they don't want to be a professional rugby player. They think that's just the only the elite can do that. I just want to be a better husband. I want to be a better wife. I want to be a better mom or dad. I want to be able to move without hurting. I want to be more fit. And, and really it's great to get stronger, physically stronger with our muscle building hypertrophy training, which is just, you know, aesthetics or you're training for a specific squat being stronger squat or a bench. That's great. But in real life, we just want to be stronger if we have to pick up a box or drop our keys or we have to lift our, our, our little one and, and take them over something. or, You know, it's all these different things that getting your body used to moving and dynamic movement, dynamic mobility and adjusting and accustomed to different situations is that's kind of always been my focus is that's what all first responders have to do. They're going to save us and protect us in situations that we're not expected. Right. It's not a planned kind of a thing. So drills and, and as a foot, ex-footballer uh, like you were talking about you know we have practices that go over certain patterns over and over and over again and they said practice makes perfect and i agree with that on the pitch in certain situations but as you know in life you really can't practice for scenarios all the time there's so many variables that come in right it, it might be hot it might be you might you custom do it and all of a sudden all the lights are out or what's going to happen is your body going to shut down because it can't see and go to state of panic or you're going to be able to hyper focus and go relax relax your dream system no problem turn on those other senses to be able to focus and do those things. And, and that's what always fascinated with me. And that, to me, is true functional, functional training. Functional fitness is your body's ability to be effective in processing information through your sensory system, organizing your nervous system, you know, motor planning, and then, of course, then using your strength conditioning. So tell us how we'd obtain that as an average person. I love the simplicity of just basically taking standard exercises and depriving your body of a sensory system feedback such as vision or noise exactly i mean it's interesting i mean I, I like again with my sequencing it's a sequence of movement patterns but if you start getting a sensory processing i mean even holding your balance on one foot if you all stand like a flamingo and we do one one leg up a lot of guys can, can capture that but now if i if i take away your sight and, and visually take away your your uh, ability to see it's a lot harder your balance is a lot harder because your system is trying to regulate you know, your, your proprioception system is trying to regulate your balance. You're trying to see because you don't know where you are, right? So in doing so, the body's basically like, well, we can't see what's happening. First, it goes in a state of a little bit of panic, and you got to calm your system down. And But doing that over time, you start to get more balance and understanding that if one system gets shut down, the other four could take over, right? And, okay, then I'm going to list my, my auditory acuity is going to increase uh, and my sense of smell will increase. All these different things happen 
when we're able to kind of practice that over time. Uh, but it's something we don't really do, right? We don't we don't tend to do that. We just focus on let's lift heavier, uh, let's lift longer, uh, and we've and those are all great. Don't get me wrong. There's things that you know I use, and and that I integrate into my curriculum. But there's so many other aspects and variables that we've just kind of neglected over the years um, that are very simple to use, and and it really forces the mind and body to get stronger. And that's really what we care about, right? We just want to be stronger humans. So what I love about your theory is the fact that we're not operating as a body, as subsystems, we're operating as a whole system as one. So taking training. Yes, we are. Yeah, and taking training and saying, I just want bigger biceps isn't functional and isn't going to transfer into the real world. Exactly. And it's, it's similar. Like, you know, it's like, it's interesting because you take a guy, this this is a very, if we took two, like a case study, you take a, a kid from the farm uh, and all he yep. does all day is does farm work. And you take a, a really, you know, fit guy, ultra fit guy that's a bodybuilder. And they're both bodybuilder looks like he's so much stronger than the farm boy, but you take him out and Tam do yard, you know, that work over the course of six hours. I'm telling you, I'll tell you exactly right now who will be tired or fatigued faster. It's gonna be the bodybuilder because he's not <laughs> used to it. Yeah, hundred percent. I used to say there's a lot of guys I trained with that looked like Tarzan and played like Jane. So exactly, exactly. Then you know exactly what I'm talking about with that whole analogy of a guy that never has lifted a weight in his life, but just done manual labor. You know, and, and we, I remember this test we did, this study that we did uh, in, in college back in the day, and was who had the had best grip strength. You know, we had, we, we did assessments with power lifters, strong men, and, and football players, and baseball players, and everyone. And the, the people that were the top, I think we tested like 250 people, the top five were all plumbers. They're all plumbers because all they do all day long is they grip from different angles. Like, they're, that's all they do. All day long, but they're having to adjust it, and their their strength was off the charts because they're able to be strong in a in an angle that they've had to get accustomed to. Their body has had to adapt to that. How would you train then? If you're an average person, oh, I know your stuff. I'd obviously go onto YouTube and watch your videos, but can you explain for someone that hasn't seen what you actually promote, what what you're all about? Yeah, that's a great question. I think for me, anyone that's starting an exercise program, I, I fir- I'm a firm believer that if you can't move without load then you have no reason adding load to the equation. And that's why I think body weight is so important. If you can't move your body around and you do body weight exercises, then why why in the hell are you going to get under a bar or lift more weight? You know what I'm saying? So you need to be functionally fit within your own body. So I always tell people, let's focus on joint stabilization. So don't worry about mobility as much in the beginning. Worry about stabilization to be able to stabilize your hips and stabilize uh, your shoulders to get that stability in there. Then we start moving through a range of motion to get some mobility in there. And I think that's the key because if you have that foundation, and again, I'm a proponent of all movement, kettlebell work, Olympic lifting, CrossFit, it's all great. All of it's great. I mean, Zumba, all of it's great. There's nothing, I think all movement is great, but you have to start somewhere. And at the end of the day, when you move through life, you're not always going to be lifting a weight. And I think we've been brainwashed to think that it's just about weight. It's like lifting weight is going to make it better. It doesn't make it better. You have to understand that you have to motor plan if you want to be more like you know if you want to be more athletic. That doesn't mean hey if you want to be more athletic on the pitch. That doesn't mean hey hey go lift more weights. That means get out there the pitch and move around right. Play a little more practice. And why is that? Because you're learning how to adapt to game situations. I know we've all had people in our lives who are like man they don't really work out much and they're not real fit, but man they can play. They're a great athlete, right? You we all know. He's like how do what the hell they never train they do whatever but they just because their body is used to adapting. In identifying situations, their visual acuity is on point, their processing speed's faster, and they're just a great athlete. We've categorized that, oh, they're a great athlete. They just have insane processing speed. And that's something you can practice, but a lot of it's not as much fun as like getting in the gym and immediately seeing your muscles grow. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. 
So tell us about your uh, uh, the gaming headset you did with Turtle Beach and how that plays a role in this. You know, Turtle Beach was amazing. I mean, they came and, and I was able to test some of their 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 uh, their headsets, and their headsets are, are great because they're just they're on another level. I mean, they have the surround system, they have the superhuman hearing, et cetera. And, and once again, the better you can hear, you know, and if and they're able to do that without necessary training, they're giving you more more auditory input, and you're able to hear things a lot more uh, clearly and sharper, and therefore you can react faster because if you can hear better, it's just an added sense. It's it's a sharper arrow in your in your arsenal, you know what I mean? And I was just fascinated with that because auditory acuity and you know is one of the most important things. Visual and auditory are one of the two strongest. I mean, of course, smell is great, but in a situation for e-gaming, you know, everyone focuses on hey, how fast your your small motor move with your fingers and what you see, but it's what you hear, right? It's what you hear, how you definitely directly react. Because especially in e-gaming, they're starting to talk, you're having to talk to a peer. It's like playing a sport or playing anything else, you have to work as a team. And if you're working as a team, because you can't see that person that's next to you, you have to communicate and work as a team as one, especially like a Call of Duty and those type of games. So that's why it's very, very important that all those senses are working in, in, in tune. And why not work with the best, you know, headset company that's out there? And, and uh, that's why I was really excited to work with them. So you spoke about the basis of any fitness program should start obviously with stability and then mobility. Then what comes after mobility? You know, stability, mobility. And then I think it's just that once again, that body weight working on your conditioning. Um, because when you're working on your conditioning, that's very important. Most of the injuries that come in with strength are because you're just not in your, your conditioning is poor and then your form goes out the window. You've seen a lot of people get injured because they're going and they're trying to compromise their form because they're fatigued. Not necessarily muscular fatigue, but they're just conditioning wise, they're out. So I think it's important that can you maintain your focus? Can you maintain your form under duress of conditioning? I think if you can do those three things, you've got joint stabilization, you start to work through mobility patterns, dynamic mobility patterns. And now that you're starting to work with body weight uh, situations, and now you go with body weight, you can work under conditionings, your tempo changes. Now we can start adding more strength, strength movements into it. And then from strength, then you can eventually add load. And now you have this strong foundation that when you go into a strength program with load, you're in a good situation. You can start taking wrapping it up. So your training system, what what would it look like? If you walked into the gym today, what would be a, a workout for you? You know, it's interesting. I just, I try to nowadays, I mean, I, I'm getting older, so I, I, it's always my warm-ups and my cool-downs, which I never did focus on when I was younger, uh, take a long time. You know, we heat up the body. I, I, t- I tend to heat up a bit, warm up, take my time warming the body up, and work with some mobility patterns. A lot of my uh, my functional, my raw functional training, we do a lot of the warm-up progressions, um, and then from there, I started doing a lot of stretching. I use, you know, one of my partners, Hyperice, do a lot of percussive work, warm up the fascia, uh, and I get in that and start moving around a bit. And uh, once I start moving around a bit, my body starts firing. Uh, then, you know, lately I'll, I'll add some load to it. I'll do some functional work. I'll, I'll work with different things, and uh, depending how the body feels, occasionally I'll, you know, I'll do some plyometric work for explosive power. Or we'll just get under. I'll get under a bar occasionally, do some load, load work, and so. I think that's a beauty thing. I mean, in the in the industry of, of training, I think there's so many people that uh, have this level of insecurity that you know my stuff's better than yours, or your stuff sucks. I've come out with something better. I think everyone has great advantages and benefits to their training. I think everyone's good. Everyone's just trying to move and promote movement. But I think as if we're more open to it, my whole my whole focus on creating my curriculum was to enhance. Is to enhance. Is listen, you're great at what you do. Let me just try to add this to the equation, even if you add a little bit or a lot. Just you can enhance, you know, enhance what you're doing, and, and I think even with my sensory training, with you know, like the stuff I was doing Turtle Beach, it's all enhancement. So the better, the more than that you can add that to the equation, the more effective and functional you're going to be, and you want to be, you know, effective humans, right? So 
Well, you enhance one of our fellow Australians, Chris Hemsworth, who is a big proponent of fitness and health for this country. What did you train with him, and what were the results? You know, it's interesting. He brought Chris brought me in for the uh, the center program, and uh, Chris is a great guy. And just, a, I mean, he's a weapon. If you, you know the, the way he looks, he's just a physically just a specimen. But you know, he's been working a lot, and his uh, his day to day trainer is a good friend of mine, Luke Zaki, and, and Zak works with him a lot, and they do a lot of functional work. And uh, Chris is different. He walks the walk, which is which is awesome with him. You know, he's he's uh, one of those rare breeds that it's not just it's not just like CGI. He's he's a really like you know a, a fit guy, and, and he's always had this open mindedness to to training. So, a lot of my training with people who haven't done it before, there's one or two responses I get. Either they're they're scared, they're like, oh screw that, it looks too crazy, or I think it's just too easy. You know, and he was one of those guys. Let me just give it a shot. So. We did a lot of my functional training, and, I, and I've worked with him for a while now. He just, you know, he fell in love with it. So he definitely adds that to all the different training modalities. But he's a, a prime example of a guy that just doesn't do my training. He does work with, you know, he does boxing, kickboxing. He does, you know, plyometric work with with uh, Bobby, his uh, stuntman, my bro. And he works a lot of work with Zox. So he's always challenging himself. And that's what we have to do is continue to push our bodies to, to try new things. You know, and I think we are so used to, doing one thing over and over again. And then we wonder why we get tired of doing an exercise program. It's because we do the same shit day in and day out, you know? And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, a lot of us have jobs that are like that. So it's like, why not just add a little flavor and control, the, you know, control the puzzle and do some different stuff, you know, get out there and get outdoors. If you're sick of being outdoors and go indoors, you know, whatever, but change it up a little bit. I mean, life's so short, you know, and, and it's a blessing to be able to move uh, with, with good health. So I think people need to embrace that a little bit more and, and, uh, and, and take it that route. That's the lesson I'm getting today from yourself is the fact that, you know, life is unpredictable. You should train, therefore, in unpredictable environments. Keep mi- mixing things up because you don't know what life's going to give you and stop being comfortable doing what you're comfortable doing. Take yourself outside your comfort zone. Exactly. I, it just, and, I, and I think that's the thing is that I wanted to create, and that's for me too, is that when I created my curriculum, I wanted to do something that, that took down the barriers of entry. I mean, uh, if you don't have the money to join gym, then that's fine. And, and then I'll, I'll help you teach a program that you can do without, without the gym. I don't have money for equipment. That's fine. You don't need equipment. We can just do it there. Uh, I don't have I don't have any room outside. Then do it in your living room. You know, we'll do you know more, you know, spatial restriction work, and we'll do that way. So, for me, it's always about you know lower the barriers of entry. There's a lot of people that don't feel good about their body aesthetically, and that affects their confidence, affects their willingness to try something. But if they can do it in their own, the comfort of their own bedroom or their own living room, uh, it gives them a start to move right and. I love that. It inspires the hell out of me because I just want to help people, right? The more we can help people move and, and demystify this whole thing about you got to go to the gym or you got to join this gym or you have to wear this kind of clothes, you have to look this. It, dude, it's all bullshit, you know? Like, let's get out there and just move and just be real. It's like we were when we were kids, you know? It's just you get out there and move and feel good. And I think we've forgotten about that in this day and age when we're all about the phones and Instagram and and all these different things we forget about, like communicating and connecting with people, connecting with our environment. And uh, yeah, I'm just huge with that, brother. It's like something that I, uh, I'm a huge proponent of. And uh, it's awesome to be on a show like this where you guys are kind of trying to spread that that information out there to people. So Yeah, well, we're about hacking. If you had to, it's a tough question, but if you had to pick one form of exercise to do, and it's obviously based around your principles anyway, what would that be? If you had to pick an exercise, what would it be? <laughs> Gosh, man, that's a great question. Um, I think the one of the foundation, I'd probably say, you know, the most you see people doing all the time now, which you didn't see maybe 15 years ago is crawling, I think, probably. Yeah. You know, craw- crawling is a uh, is probably the easiest. We all crawl as babies, right? Yeah. It's a, found, it's a foundation of movement pattern. Um, you know, babies crawl to get, learn how to crawl to get strong enough to sit up, sit up, stand, stand, to walk, walk, to run. 
So it's kind of an evolutionary track. And for us, I think it's something that you don't have to teach a baby to crawl. Figure, figure, figure it out, you know. And and for us, it's just to get around again and, and really understanding how getting used to that. It's like getting used to walking, getting used to running is is how much it'll help your your hip mobility, how much it'll help your shoulder stability, your core strength. And not a lot of it. I'm not telling you to crawl like like I do for you know long distances. Just crawl. Just move around a little bit. Play around. Just sit. Just hold the position. You know, and and you can you can degrad you know deco de- de- deconstruct your like every anything you want deconstruct the the crawl to just holding a position. You know, uh, it, it's just what I want to see people is, you know, these progressions and regressions. It doesn't matter. Just get moving. And I think that there's not a a set thing you have to do. I think we have to get away from that. Just like I feel like for people that are just starting the program, they're intimidated enough to start an exercise program. It's really hard, uh, especially someone who has never trained. Because I knew you were going to say crawling. I just, I, I love your stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's so true. The reason why you pick crawling for people out there that don't know with your principles is the fact that if you have a look at where lack of movement comes from, you touched upon it, yep. but it's stability in the shoulder, it's mm-hmm. mobility in the hips, and it's core yep. control. And yes. it's conditioning yes, as sir. well. So you're ticking all the yes, boxes. Sir. Yep. So yes, that's sir, why. man. You got I it. Look, I love you, bro. I, you're getting you're a best friend bracelet. That's it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sending you <laughs> one of those bracelets with a big charm. Uh, you're getting it, brother. But yeah, I mean, you get, I mean, at the end of the day, man, I mean, what do what's comfortable for you, but I just want people moving again, you know, and, and, uh, I think we've gone through, you know, the fitness industry has gone through so many cycles of different waves of things. And, you know, I just, hopefully now we're at a point where let's just move, man. Let's just keep people moving again. Let's just move, man. Yeah. Let's move. hundred percent. Yep. That's what it's all about. Just moving. Just no move, right man. or wrong way. Just move. Um, you know, sitting, sitting's not good. We know that it locks up our hips and People are having a lot of problems because, like you touched upon earlier, they're sitting all day, then they're going into a CrossFit gym, which is nothing against CrossFit. They're trying to do overhead snatches. Yet they've got no stability and no mobility, and it's just crazy. So anyway. And and the only thing that that scares me about that, again, is getting back to that point. I think maybe even Adam, you you brought that up um, earlier uh, with soccer. When you get into conditioning, the reason conditioning is important, if you're not conditioned to have – don't have the stability and mobility, but – if you don't have the conditioning and now you're trying to do, you know, a snatch, how many snatches can you do in 30 seconds? Mm. That's just a recipe for, you know, for something to go wrong, right? You just, and so for me, it's just, let's, let's walk before we run. Let's crawl before we walk. And, and if we can get to that point and get people moving again, then fine. I, I think CrossFit is great. It has, you know, so many different benefits to it, but it's just about the stages. Let's don't forget the evolution, right? Let's start with one and move to the end. So that's all. 100%. You obviously have nailed the movement side of um, being successful. Are there any other hacks that you'd like to share with the uh, people around health, whether it's a sleep hack or it's a diet hack? Is there anything you have there that you think they'd enjoy? I'm a huge recovery protocol. I've really been big on recovery protocol. I mean, I've, as we're talking right now, I'm in my infrared, I'm in an infrared sauna as we're talking. Yeah. Tell us about that. <laughs> Just it feels good to get a good sweat. That infrared sauna I love. Um, I use Nano V. I use the Juvie red light therapy. I just, I just am fascinated because I think as I start to see and work with elite athletes, you work with first responders, you start to realize that it's not about how, how hard you train. It's it's about how well you recover, right? Because that's how we get better. That's how the body gets stronger, and, and that's how we prepare ourselves better is how, how quickly can you recover, how effectively can you recover. So it's really been on focus, and, and people are like, let's go beast mode. I'm like, hey, man, let's, let's go rest mode. Let's see how you can recover and get your body back out there. So, yeah, as far as a hack, I mean, you know, take time to, it's great to work hard and people are like, I want to get smashed and I want to get crushed in my training and that's great. But I tell people all the time, just, you know, you, you got to feel better. The job is not just to be smashed all the time, is is to be stronger in, in everyday life or stronger in your sport or stronger and more effective in your job. So 
you know, take the time to take care of yourself. Recovery is just as important as training. When you're out in Australia, we will get you to come and meet us if you can. Let's do an episode on recovery. It sounds yeah. like you've got a lot to share about that. Oh, my God, dude, let's do it. I would do it. I'd be all about it, man. It was... Uh, it would be the greatest, bro. We'll get best friend bracelets, eat donuts. I love it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Saunas and recovery, the next podcast. Daryl, thank you so much for joining the Health Hacker in Australia. Oh, you guys are legends. That was a pleasure. Health Hacker was created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Written and presented by Adam McDougall. Produced and presented by Alex Mitchell. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. To listen to more episodes, search Health Hacker Podcast. Listen for free at podcast1australia.com.au or download the Podcast One Australia app.